Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today's show is brought to you by the Bona Premium Spray Mop. The next generation Bona Premium Spray Mop for hardwood floors includes a microfiber cleaning pad and hardwood floor cleaner all in one wonderful package. Together, the mop and cleaner provide an effective clean, which is quick, easy to use, and leaves no dulling residue. It's the perfect solution for simply beautiful floors. Bona Premium Mop Spray is available at most retailers where floor cleaning products are sold on Amazon and Bona.com. To receive exclusive offers and learn more, visit Bona, that's B-O-N-A dot com slash happy hour. Hello, hello, happy hour friends. Today is Wednesday and I am back from watching my brother run the Boston Marathon. And let me just tell you, it is so inspiring to see someone work so hard to qualify for something that not many people will do in their lifetime. And I am a very, very proud big sister of my brother. I took my son Amos. We went to a Red Sox game. It was just such a lovely time. Today on the show, speaking of lovely time, is my friend Jada Edwards. Jada and I met last year while we were both on the Abundance Tour with Lifeway Women. I loved her from the minute I met her. And then I sat under her teaching And I knew I loved her even more. Jada and her husband, Conway, have two kids and they live in the Dallas area. Jada loves teaching the Bible to women and it is so evident that she loves it. She's passionate about it. She's so good at it. And she does this on the regular at her church, One Community Church in Plano, Texas, which if you're in the Dallas area and you're looking for new churches, they've got several locations. Check it out. She also just released a Bible study for women over three women in the Bible, Hagar, Rahab, and Naomi. And you know, I ask her which one's her favorite. Today, we start talking about how long we've each been married, and our thoughts on vow renewals. I know it's a random conversation, but we went there. While we're recording this, we were attending the Sparrow Conference where she was speaking at and I was leading a panel. And so we were able to get some great talking points from her talk, which she'd given the night before. One of the things that stood out to me from her talk was when she said, you can't get to where God has for you till you remember the great links God brought you from. So good and so kind of almost elementary in our brains if if you, like me, have been following Jesus for 20 years or so, but it was so good, and we're going to discuss that. I also randomly sing in this episode, and if you, this is funny, I thought I should tell you this. Some of you guys, I meet you places, and you're like, I went back to the very beginning and started listening, and first, I just want to say thank you because it was a hot mess in the beginning. I always like to say I don't think that we really got our feet under ourselves until around episode 50. But if you go back, you will hear that so many times in early episodes, I would randomly sing, which is funny on a lot of levels. Number one, I'm tone deaf, so I should not ever start randomly singing. But I actually love to randomly sing. And so I randomly sing in this episode. Don't hold it against me. But here's the thing that's funny. I'm going to bet money that the place when I start singing, you'll have to listen for it. Many of you ladies that happen to be around my age are going to start singing exactly what I say as well. So let's just see. It's I'm going to see how many of you start singing when I start singing. Guys, before the show starts, I have something special to play for you guys. I'm going to play a clip from an episode that you might not have heard because it is an episode that aired for my VIP Patreon friends. They recently heard this and I'm going to share it with you so that you can get an idea of the content that we put out over on Patreon page. And I'm going to share it because I think this might be one of my most favorite 
go down in history. I have listened to it three times because it makes my heart just swell with pride. One of my most favorite interviews ever. Here it is. Do you think that mom and dad talk to you about hard things? Yes. Have we talked about racism? Yes. Have we talked about um, incarceration, people in jail? Uh, Yes. Yes. Have we talked about adoption? Yes. Have we talked about sex? Yes. So we, do you guys know, Kate, I want you to answer this actually. Do you guys know, do you know why mom and dad talk to you about these things? So that our like friends tell us in like a worse way. So like we were talking about like drugs or something. Like you can tell us like what's bad about it and like why you should not do it. But like if you don't talk about it to us and like our friends could tell us in a whole different way and make us believe that like that's a good way. Yeah, we say all the time, like we want you to hear from us, yeah. not from your like joker friends that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we talk about vaping. Yeah, you said like people are making like fruit flavored and kids are saying vaping is good because it's fruit flavored. Yeah. And then so, yeah. Yeah. So I do want to ask you this question and um, boys, you can go first. Uh, mom and dad have definitely, and we do talk openly about things that revolve around sex in our house. Okay. Um, as much as you want to say as a 13, 15, 11 year old, are you thankful for that? Mm-hmm. Boys first. Mm, kind of. Okay. Um, yes, in a way, because I don't want to hear it in another way. That's from like a friend or something in a worse way. Yeah. And y'all are just like preparing us. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Caden or Amos? Yeah, same with me. It's better than like other yeah. ways of finding out. Yeah, Ames? Mm, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Now, sometimes I am funny and I like to embarrass you guys. Mm. But you also know deep in my heart that when we are having serious conversations about serious things, that it is because mom and dad really do want you to hear about those things from us. For a couple of reasons. I've told you this all before, but I just want everyone that's listening to hear. Number one, because I want you to trust us, right? And number Mm -hmm. two, I want you to know that if you hear about something, you can ask mom and dad because we're going to tell you the truth, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you think parents should talk to their kids about these things? 100%. Yes. Yes. So they can learn from their parents, not their joker friends. Not their Yahoo joker friends. Yes, you guys, that was an interview with my kids. All four of them. I have a 15-year-old, two 13-year-olds, and an 11-year-old. We talk about the hard parts of our family. Both of their parents travel. Both of their parents serve in ministry. We talk about adoption because three of my kids joined our family through our adoption. We talk about their favorite vacations over the years. We talk about Aaron's cooking. My husband is a phenomenal cook. We talk about that. And then I went there, you guys. We talk about the importance of parents talking with their kids about sex. Yes, I went there. It's so good, guys. It's one of my favorite interviews ever. It's me and my kids. But Patreon is a membership site where we put exclusive episodes just for those friends of ours that are part of our 
Patreon page. There are two levels and both of them receive great content every single month. We do a topical series. We do extra interviews for you to have that are with my friends that don't go out to the public. We do a live monthly chat with Aaron and I that you can join in. And if you don't make it for the live chat, you can listen to later. We also have an exclusive download of the regular show that comes out every Wednesday, but it's different over on the Patreon page. So if you have questions, go to jamieivy.com slash Patreon. And we would love to have you join us there. It is a super fun place. Also, I will tell you this. We are planning the August live event. As you're listening to this episode, our April Happy Hour Live is in about 10 days. We are so excited for it. We're gearing up for it. It's here in Austin, Texas. Our guests for the Happy Hour Live that's happening on April 26th and 27th are Catherine Lowe and Amy Hannon and Andy Andrew and Jackie Hill Perry. It's going to be a phenomenal weekend. Tickets have been sold out forever. Sorry to tease you like that. But I will say we are planning our August Happy Hour Live and we are planning our spring of 2020 Happy Hour Live. And there are going to be exclusive things just for Patreon members. So there's another reason to join our Patreon page. Okay, guys, enough chatter from me. Let me get to the conversation that I adore with my friend, Jada Edwards. Okay, Jada. Yes, ma'am. Welcome to the happy hour. So glad to be here. I think I actually, did I meet you for the first time in this exact room last year or had we done an event together? No, that was right before we were about to do an event. Yeah. So it was this time last year. So mm-hmm. we're recording at the Sparrow Conference mm-hmm. and we're backstage and Very I met fitting. you here last year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was right before we did something together. Yeah. The Abundance with mm-hmm. Lifeway. Yes. So much yeah. fun. Colorado Springs? Yeah. Were you the one when the dude came to the bar afterwards and he had just asked his girlfriend? Yes. Naked? Okay. And they had gotten he, married. He planned the wedding. It surprised her. He they, had planned the wedding, yes. picked the dress. Crazy. We were at the end of the night probably getting french fries or something. Yeah. And they come up to the bar mm-hmm. and he says he planned the whole wedding. Whole wedding. They had just gotten married and she was like, it was a surprise. And we were all like, oh, wait, what? You didn't know anything? I'm like, this is my worst nightmare. Yeah. Would you like that? Uh, not with my husband that I have. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't think he would do what you want him to do. No. and But my husband that I have is very smart and he would not do that. So maybe their relationship's reversed. She might be the whatever girl and he's the OCD planner. So maybe it works for them. It would not work for me because I would walk in and be like, I can't be happy because why is that there? Why does it look like that? Okay. Why are we doing it this time of day? Why do we pick this location? Uh huh. Oh yeah. I'd, See, I would kill the it. The more that you talk about it right now, I actually think that Aaron could do that and I'd be like, this is amazing and awesome. Right. Yeah. Because I think it could happen in some relationships. Yeah. It depends on your role though. How long have y'all been married? Just celebrated 18 years. Congrats. March 17th was 18 years. I know. We got married the same year. Really? Mm-hmm. 2001? Yep. Yeah. We'll be 18 in June. I just go, what, what's the year? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Minus one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's our wedding anniversary. Okay. Yeah. I have a question for you about wedding anniversaries. Yes. I have always told Aaron, my husband, that I would like to renew our vows. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. On a beach someplace. Yes. Do you feel it? I do. I feel it. Like I want my kids there. Yes. Our close friends. Yep. He looks at me and he says, we made a covenant and you don't renew covenants. He said, I said, I do once. Why do I need to say I do again? I said, okay, can we have a marriage? I said, can we have a celebration? He said, (laughs) yeah, we can go celebrate at the beach. Can we remember our vows? Yes. (laughs) Would you renew your vows? I toyed with the idea early on in our marriage and it just never happened. And so I think 
I would probably, instead of doing a vow renewal, I'd probably do some type of anniversary celebration where we either got to share what we've learned, pour into other couples, have our family there, still at a beach, probably have a different thing. It probably wouldn't be me walking down the aisle and renew. Yeah. I don't think I would do that again. Because I'm like, I, and first of all, I kind of like people upgrade their rings. I'm just kind of like, this is what it was. I'm good with it. Day one. And when I look at this, I know this is the thing that my seminary husband yeah. scraped all his pennies together to get to. I kind of, I like the original having that in my yeah. head. So we would probably, I would like to do something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. two years on the 20th, Ooh. like bring maybe two couples mm-hmm. that we've mentored, two couples that have mentored us plus family and just have a- Sounds in, amazing. Yeah, something like that. We went to, over the holidays, some really close friends of ours did a vow renewal. Mm. It was beautiful in their backyard, 25 years. Oh, yeah. And Aaron actually officiated it. Oh. I, yeah, I know. You're like, the, uh, what about your hello, principal? Hello, hello. <laughs> but the husband said, I'll never forget this. The husband said, I recommit my life to you through the lens of experience. Oh, that's good. I pulled out my phone in the middle of that ceremony and wrote that down because I thought that is like marriage for 25 years. Because when you get married, Mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know what you're saying yes to. You don't know what you're saying yes Mm -hmm. to. So for 25 years, he said, I do it all over again, even though I know everything I know. That's good. Isn't that good? That's good. But I think you could do that in a remembering yeah. the covenant kind mm-hmm. of thing and it not be an official whole separate wedding. For sure. So yeah, I think you, that the principle of that is awesome. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people that'd be like, I'm not renewing. Exactly. We're hanging on by three. It's been rough. If it's up to me, then yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. So so we've talked about your marriage, but introduce my listeners to you. What? Tell me what you do, your husband, your family, your two babies, everything. Fill us in on Jada Edwards. Listen, what do I do? So first, I am a wife to the amazing Dr. Conway Edwards. He is the pastor of the church that we founded about 10 years ago. One community church in Frisco slash Plano slash McKinney, Texas. It's kind of right there in the middle. Um, So church is huge for us. So we got marriage and then we got two babies. I got a six-year-old boy and a two-year-old girl. Between that and church and getting to teach at church. So I do Bible study. I teach Bible study to our ladies twice a month. I lead worship maybe once a month. Do that. Do you do an instrument or do you just sing vocally? Just sing. I just sing. I, don't, I said I don't sing vocally as if yeah. there's another way to sing. Right. right. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I sing okay. written. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Sing vocally. Yes. And um, get to lead our creative ministry. So like dance and drama and band and all that stuff. So I love it. It's a lot. But I love it. You, so, your plate is full. It is. It is. And then that's not anything with outside stuff. Yeah. You know, speaking and writing and things like that. Yeah. But that's who we are. And I okay. got a kindergartner and a two-year-old and a 18-year-old marriage. And we're just trying to make it work. I love it. Well, I've sat under your teaching twice now. And I, I love sitting under your teaching. I think oh, you're a great you. communicator, a great Bible teacher. And so... Thank you for what you're doing. And you. I always say yeah. I want to come up to your to your Bible study. Yes, But come I mean, on. it's in Frisco. I live I in Austin. But yeah. can anyone come? Anyone can come. Okay. And a lot of people who are not members of our church come. Yeah. Just because a lot of churches don't do midweek. And yeah. if they do, it's it's kind of unique to have a women's only Bible study that's regular, mm-hmm. you know? So, so when you do your Bible teaching, is it through one portion of scripture or is it you just decide what we're talking about today? Uh, it alternates. Uh, it's always a series though. Okay. So I always do series and that's probably for my own sanity. So I'm not trying to every two weeks think of what I want to talk about, yeah. but the series can be topical or it can be something more exegetical that just walks through a passage. Right now we're doing Galatians. Mm-hmm. How far are you in? 
I just finished three. So next time we'll be in four. Okay. So I have just some personal questions I want to know. Sure. Do you prepare Wednesday's lesson in that week or are you two or three weeks ahead of what you're teaching? I am not two or three weeks ahead. Okay. I do not want to deceive the people. <laughs> not are there planned. Bible teachers that do that? Yes. Because that feels to me harder actually. Yeah. So I know framework. When I say I want to do Galatians, because that's how I work through probably from a survey perspective. Okay, here's the book. And then I come up with the title. So the title of the series is Made for More. I was like, oh, okay, because in Galatians, Paul is going back and forth about, he's talking about, why are you living in this bondage? Why are you living in dead stuff? Why are you stuck with the law? You're made for this freedom and assignment and all these great things. So I will read the book as in its entirety or something like that and try to get an idea of what it's about. And I'll come up with some big buckets. So I know generally what I want to talk about. But no, the preparation is... Week to week. Is every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, every two weeks. Because I go at first and third Wednesdays. Okay, so and you got so two weeks. That's week good. Week. Yeah. But yeah, it's still... Uh, most of it is still happening probably five days or so before. Okay, yeah. And um, and a lot of that's just because of my brain. Yeah. I was oh, that I... kid in school and, you know, during finals week, people would be in the library for 12 hours. I mean, I'd be in there, but girls like sneaking Cheetos. Right. I could not study that long. I just can't do it. Yeah. I, my brain turns on when the finish when the deadline is uh-huh. coming. And yeah. so I've tried. I'm like, Lord, will you give me an early word? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I sit there at the blank paper. And sometimes I get something, but then it changes. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm like that when I have multiple speaking gigs in a row. If I'm mm-hmm. going to teach at different places, I can't think about the third one until I'm done with oh, the second no. one. Yeah, I can't at all. Yeah. And yeah. some places are like, hey, can you send us your notes for August? I'm like, uh, <laughs> August 1st? <laughs> I'm like, I right. don't know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I can't do that. And some people are great at that. I'm not, I'm not great well, at that. Well, when you were teaching last night, I leaned forward to one of your friends that's with you. Because I don't remember you being like this when I saw you last year on that Lifeway tour. I leaned up no, to yeah. one of your friends and I said, is, J- is this how Jada teaches on Wednesdays? Mm-hmm. Because you're communicating. You were hilarious. <laughs> And so deep at the same time. And that's a gift, Jada, mm-hmm. because it, it wasn't fluffy. Mm-hmm. You took us someplace, but we were laughing all the way there. <laughs> right. And she said to me, she said, girl, she is, but she is way more comfortable even at our church. She, they said, she's tame here. Yeah. Oh, I get a little crazy talking. And my husband's like, hey, when you go out, these not these not your girlfriends. <laughs> Do not talk. I can say almost anything because I'm going to see them in two weeks. I can recover. You know, if I say something way left field, you know. Yeah. And they're like my peeps. It's like how you talk to your family, you know. Mm-hmm. And you just say whatever. It's like yeah. the things you say in your group text to your friends yeah. that you will really say. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> so Wednesday night is like that. But yeah. Well, when we did Abundance, I think that was new for me. That was an entirely new environment. And I tend to try to defer to what I think the... Yeah. It feel is. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't want to be up here the only one loud and yelling and great. Let me just get my little message in and, and, you know, and be calm. So that I was probably much calmer. You were kind of reserved. <laughs> Very reserved. First time on the yeah, Lifeway and tour. Was, we were with a bunch of uh, veterans uh-huh. who've like been killing it in the game. You yeah, know, Lisa I know. Harper. Lisa and Harper Angela. walks up. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, let me sit down mm-hmm. and get my little devotional and sit down somewhere. <laughs> You're funny. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to talk about some things that you talked about last night, actually. Okay. I mentioned that we're at the Sparrow Conference and the whole conference is going through the book of Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And you spoke on Ephesians chapter one all the way through two fourteen. Uh, Rachel Joy did one. Oh yeah, yeah I did, you did. I did two and half of three. Two to three fourteen. Technically, possibly, maybe. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm long winded. Well, when you got up, I was like, "How is she going to get through all these Girl. verses?" You said I have a few notes from last night, and I think this will just be great for us to talk about because I think this is something that is 
important as mm-hmm. people are listening and this is on our brains. One of the things you talked about was you said reconciliation is greatest when we're at our deepest mess. Mm. And we're not just talking racial reconciliation. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about how we've been reconciled oh, to yeah. the Father and how He wants us as the body and the believers of the church mm-hmm. to be reconciled to mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And you said reconciliation is at its best when we are in our mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Absolutely. that. Yeah. I think um, it's easy to stand on the same level ground and just reach your arm out a couple of feet and grab somebody's hand. It's another thing for both of you to be sinking in quicksand and mud or the person you need to reach out to is up a rocky incline or it's pouring rain or any conditions that make it not great, you know, or they've got their arms folded. They don't want your hand, you know. So I just think when it's messy, when it's hard, it means way, way more, you know, than when it's just an easy connect, you know. So, and I think God shows us that because uh, the Bible goes to great lengths to not water down the mess we were in because you can't get what God did if you don't know where you were. You talked about that so much. I wrote some notes down too about that from last night. I know, sometimes it's depressing. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, it's so good because you talked, oh, I can't find my notes now. But when you were talking about how we can't get to the stuff about what he wants us to do, until we can remember what he's done for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Do you think that sometimes as people who maybe are in ministry, or we've been Christians for 20 years, mm-hmm. we just kind of get an autopilot? Yes, absolutely. And we forget the great link, oh, links that he went to. Yes, or we start to, we start to qualify our deadness and our depravity. So we're thinking if we got saved, if we remember some season before Christ, we're like, oh, we know that was bad. But then we don't think about how he continues to rescue us, even once eternity is secure, that even in Jesus, you still giving in to the lust of your flesh. You're still following the passions of your body. We, But we minimize that because it maybe it was lots of sex before I came to know Jesus. And I was, uh, I mean, now it's just, gosh, every couple of years I've been doing so good. But we don't take each offense as offensive against God mm. as we do the big miss. It's so and true. So that's why we minimize grace because we think, I mean, we're good. I'm, I mean, I know, God, you have been gracious to me, but I mean, before I really needed your grace, you know? And so you minimize it. You minimize when someone hurts your feelings and you hold a grudge and you don't apologize. I mean, that's nothing. It doesn't seem like that big of it's a nothing. deal. It, it could be worse. I used to use profanity. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm better. But God is like, but I already told you mm. that if you have anger in your heart, that's the same as murder. Mm-hmm. Why Why are you not drawing the, the line? And so it's just anytime I minimize my my junk, it has to, by default, minimize God's grace. Okay, let's take it a step further. We minimize our junk, mm-hmm. but we maximize other people's junk. All the time. So we're like, oh, I can't. did you hear what she did? I can't believe it. Yeah. I but we never. are not worried about what is in our own eye. Right. Speck and log. I mean, that's not even new. It's like, God's like, why? <laughs> why are you always making the other person's thing bigger than your thing? Because if you understood the whole speck and log passage of scripture, you would realize that when I see how much yuck is in my own heart, I don't even have the time nor capacity to worry about your sickness in yours. I need to be glad God is not playing a video of my thoughts and my life everywhere I go. I need to be glad that God's even using me in some capacity. I need to be glad that God is not still opening up the earth and swallowing people mm. for gossip and division and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so 
perspective is everything. It's everything. And I think the reason why I love passages like Ephesians, where it talks about how dead we were in our trespasses, they complement David's journey in Psalms. And so Psalms, we think about worship, but the worship's all relative to his sadness. He was sad a lot. The enemies were after him. He was sad about his own character. There were times he felt far from God. Then the worship came. So we just love the worship and the singing, but Psalms is almost, there's a lot of lamentations in Psalms, yeah. you know? And so mm-hmm. the worship and the beauty comes out of, oh my God, I was in the valley. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the question if we want to think about acknowledging that we do this. Mm-hmm. How do we as women remember how great our depravity and our sin is. And what I mean by that is, let's say we are women who we're doing our job, we're taking care of our kids. Mm -hmm. There's no quote unquote big sin in our life. Mm -hmm. Like you could go your whole life and not commit any quote unquote big sins. Mm -hmm. I'm not cheating Mm -hmm. on my husband. I Mm -hmm. never murdered anybody. Mm -hmm. I pay my taxes. (laughs) I pay my HOA. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You and I are discussing about how we can get so caught up in forgetting about how much our need is for grace. Mm-hmm. How do we as women not forget that? Yeah, that's, that is challenging. I think for me, it's the same two things that I think are the answer to everything, and that is being rooted in truth and being yielded to the Spirit. If you stay in God's Word and not just inform yourself and fill up your journals, if you stay in God's Word and you're constantly asking the Spirit, show me how I do this. Oh, you don't even want to know. He's like, are you sure? You sure you want to know? Because I got about 20 examples, you know, and I look at, I used to complain a lot because my husband is not a neat person and I use that in messages all the time. (laughs) So he likes stuff everywhere and I like order. And there was a lot of arguments in early in our marriage. And we still, sometimes it irritates me. That's how we're wired. It's never going to change. But over the years, I've seen that so different. I'm just taking that as an example. You take something small. And I used to be like, I can't believe what kind of person didn't put their shoes up. What kind of person didn't whatever. And I will never forget the moment where God was like, what kind of person can't function when things are not perfectly in order? Let's, let's not talk about him. What kind of person can't sleep because there's dishes in the sink, Jada? What kind of person judges someone's character because they don't do it how you did it? And he, I mean, he just checked Ouch. me one day Ouch. in my kitchen. And he was like, quit acting like order is spiritual. Mm. It's just how you're wired. You know, we take our thing and we're like, surely this is good. I mean, I must be more spiritual mm. because <laughs> only a holy person, you know, an unholy person would not hang their clothes up. And so if you are asking, if you're in truth, and asking the Spirit to show you yourself. He will take random things and link the thread back to the condition of your heart and say, you know what it is? It's arrogance. Mm. It's pride. You don't, you you wouldn't come to that conclusion as you're cleaning up. Matter of fact, you would think you're amazing because exactly. you're cleaning up your house. Yeah, uh-huh. Look how I clean up my house. Yeah. But only the illumination of the Spirit makes you say, mm-mm. The reason you're doing, and as you're doing it, you're thinking you're better than the person who doesn't do it. And as you, it just, he will unpack that thing. So we don't know because we're not asking. Because if we're asking, Mm. God is telling us. He's going to tell us. He's going to tell you. Well, I will tell you what kind of person can go to sleep with dishes in their sink. And that's me. I I knew you were going to be like, oh, I'm the person. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because we're all wired different. Aaron wishes that you could not go to to sleep (laughs) until there were no dishes in the sink. Honestly. Girl, let me tell you something. I've been set free. Is dishes in my sink every night. Every night. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me now. I, there's so many things I've let go of, you know, because one night I remember my husband says, where's my wife? He does that. Like if I'm just busy, Martha, I got a Martha thing going on. And I'm like, I am trying to clean up this house. And he'll go, come watch this show with me. And moments where I'm like, but the house needs to be clean. Holy Spirit's like, 
Come on. So you're choosing what you want over your husband wanting to sit next to you on the couch. You're saying you cannot enjoy time with him until your environment is high. Let's talk about that, Jada, in the smallest thing. If you're open, he will send you down a path mm. and you're like, dang. Mm-hmm. Let me go watch the show. Which I think that is such a, it's such a good word because we can, like I said, when we started this conversation, we can get caught up in thinking, well, I'm not doing the worst thing. Oh, yeah. It could be worse. You are. We're all doing the worst yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, talking about your husband, you used that one of those examples last night and you <laughs> said something that I thought was really good in a practical sense and in a spiritual sense. And, and you're talking about it right now. You said we set people up for failure when we wait on them to be something they are not. Ooh, that's good. And I think that is spiritual for yeah, sure. Absolutely. But practical. Yeah. That's why I was like, your roommate, your friend, your mom, I dad, your as sister. A mo- as a mama, I think about it. As a parent, that's right. Yes. All the time. I'm like, so many times I feel like my kids are letting me down. Yeah. But they're doing nothing wrong. They're doing nothing wrong. They're just different. They're just not meeting my expectations. They're, they're not meeting, that's right. All the time. I think that we do that um, in, fr- I can see that in friendships mm-hmm. where we expect something out of the relationship yeah. that we're not getting. And so then that friend is a failure. Yeah. And we pull back and we punish. I'm going to punish you based on something that you probably couldn't even do on your best day anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm setting you up for failure. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. almost like when you talk about with your husband with cleaning. Like yeah. Le- letting go of that expectation brings so much freedom. It does. And it helps you to love them without needing something from them, which is what love really is. Right. It's not what you do for me. You know, it's it's what I want to do for you. That's, yeah. that's how God loves us. And then here's even better. When you don't expect it, I can love him where he is. But let me tell you something. On those days where I come home and I hear the washing machine running, I'm like, brother, come here to the room. Come here. Come to the back. Take the kids upstairs. That is so funny. It's so different because I'm like, I'm not expecting it. And I know that's not how he's wired. So I appreciate him going outside of himself to serve me that way. If I'm expecting it, Mm -hmm. and let's say my cleanliness is at a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10, on his best day, he's a 2. That's not how he's wired. If I'm demanding him to be a 10, and he's working hard, he's going to be a 4. I mean, working hard. On his best day. On his best day. Guess what? There's always a gap. He's always failing me. If I'm a 10, I know he's a two. I expect zero. Two's great. He's killing that two. (laughs) I'm telling you, it changes everything. So then I look at that and go, this is not how he's wired. Mm -hmm. This is not what he wakes up thinking about. So he made an effort to do this. And then I can say, oh, I can appreciate this and not say, that's all you did. Mm -hmm. So man, expecting expectations and what we need out of people. And, cause God, and the reason why I brought that up is because God does not do that to us. Right. He does not. He's like, who are you to make demands on others that I don't even make on you? Mm. I give you grace upon grace mm. upon grace. And we sometimes think that we can't come to him until right. we have it together because we think he's expecting yes. that of us. Yes. He's but that's like, anti never. the gospel. Right. And it's never going to happen, yeah, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You said whenever your man does something, the, dish, the washing machine's going, you're like, hey. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Let me tell you, when our house cleaners come twice a month, I didn't do a lick of work. And Aaron's like, hey, come hey, on. Come on. <laughs> Listen, when you love And I'm clean- like, I didn't have to clean. Hey, do- <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that thing is, you know, and for him, uh, it's the same. The same is true and the opposite for him. Um, and what does things, he love if you do for say, him? Like I was about to say, he loves, I'm not a very good cheerleader. That's not me. I'm an oldest child, a very independent girl. I don't need anybody to pack my back. If I'm doing good, I can I clap for myself. I had my friends cracking up because I when I post stuff on Instagram, I'm my first like. I like my first, but I like my post first. I'm like, 
If I don't like it, why am I posting it? Like, I had, that uh, is we were talking about me and Jenny Jada. Allen and Bianca were talking about this. They were like, you like your own stuff? Yes. If you don't like it, why are you posting it? So I'm that person. So I don't, I'm not, I've not been a good cheerleader and I had to learn how to do that. And so he knows when I say to him, babe, that message, it was great. And, and he'll be like, why? You know, cause he's like, what, what'd you like about it? And then starting to build him up or, I mean, you're such a great leader. Or, I mean, I appreciate the time you spend with the kids. I'm not good at that. And so he knows when I'm doing it. Oh, she, okay. She's digging deep, you know, and I really need to be better at that, but it fills him. If just the smallest acknowledgement, he, he, he needs a good cheerleader. Um, like a lot of, like a lot of men do. Yeah. And so, um, those kind of things, you know, or when I am running around, he, he moves at a very fast pace. You and don't? He's faster than me. Okay. Cause you feel like, I feel like you move at a fast pace. I do. Pace. I do. And I thought I did till I met him. Okay. He's, he's a blur. Okay. You just like, whoop. Uh-huh. That was kind of yeah. So um, I like to move. I like to go really, really hard and then have downtime. Right. So I like to prepare, 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 teach, work, get what I'm doing. And when it's he- done, and then head to the beach, head to the beach. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, I just need a 20 minute nap. And then we go to the, you know, so he knows when I am like skipping my downtime because he wants me to be somewhere, do something, do da da da. He knows that's love. That's for him. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's just little things where I, where when you're attentive to the person, you know, what's counterintuitive for them, you appreciate it because you're measuring it based on what's natural for them, mm. not what you need. Yep. They're never going to be you. Yeah. So you can have so much more grace when you realize how far outside of themselves they're going for you versus that they're always falling short of what you need. Yep. You know what I'm yep. saying? So. Yeah. Uh, it's like that, the five love languages. Remember when that came yeah. out forever ago, yeah. which, you know, that book is still one of the top selling books every, true. every month. Everybody uses it. Yes. Yeah. But it's like that too, of figuring out who you're in life with, whether that is, you know, a spouse, a roommate, a sure. kid or whatever. Yeah. How do they feel love? It's different than how I feel love. Absolutely. And so the, you know, when you're really serving someone is when you're loving them the way they feel it. Because some of the things like me cleaning up the kitchen for Aaron, that's love. Yeah. Because although I'm not, I'm not a, like a trashy person, yeah, but that's important to him. So when he comes home from church on Sundays and he's exhausted, mm-hmm. I'll have the kitchen cleaned up. Yeah. You know, I don't care if that kitchen cleaned right. up. Right. That's for your man. That's for my man. Mm-hmm. And he notices. And so it's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, friends, I know you're loving this conversation because I loved it so much when I sat through it the first time. But I want to thank our sponsors because they make the happy hour possible. The first sponsor I want to thank is ZipRecruiter. One of the things that is so challenging when you're running a business is hiring new people. It's hard to find qualified candidates. It takes so many hours to go through all of those applications. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, it's fast, and it's smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. And that place is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't just stop there, you guys. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience, and then it invites them to apply to your job. Basically, they're doing all your work, you guys. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, my listeners, that's you guys, you're listening to me. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
Okay, the next sponsor I want to thank is Thomas Muffins. We love Thomas Muffins at our house. And in fact, I'm not kidding you. I have my breakfast right here with me while I'm recording this. I made the Tex-Mex English muffin. I'm going to put the recipe up on the show notes for you guys. But basically, it's an English muffin, an avocado. I love me an avocado. Two fried eggs. Yes, please. Some shredded cheese. I use some vegan cheese because I'm not vegan, but I like the cheese. It's weird, I know. Plus some salsa. It's the Tex-Mex English muffin. You guys, it is so fabulous. So Thomas Muffins wants to know what your ideal morning would look like if anything was possible. Like, for example... What would your shower be like? Sounds like a weird question, but you know when you go into a hotel and you see the most fabulous shower and you think, I wish I had that in my life every day? Mine would be the kind that has two on each side and then a waterfall on the top. You just get in there and maybe some music would play. That sounds awesome. Another question they want to know is, what would you drink your coffee out of? Let me tell you, I am a plain Jane. Give me a really thick coffee cup and I am happy with that. Also, what kind of Thomas English muffin breakfast would you have? I have the Tex-Mex one right here on my desk. If you could smell it, you would die, you guys. Another question they're asking about you guys is, what are some great ways to weave exercise in at work? Okay, so if you work in an office, maybe you could take the stairs and maybe you could do the stairs backwards. People might look at you funny, guys, but it's really good on your muscles. So anyhow, you guys, of course, I would eat a Thomas English muffin, which I'm doing right now. I already told you what it's topped with. Avocado and salsa and cheese and fried eggs. Oh my gosh. I'm going to post the recipe for you because you're going to want to try this on your next Thomas muffin. Thomas, wake up to what's possible. Okay, I, I love talking to you today because I got so much stuff from last night. I'm like, girl, you just brought the truth. Another thing you said last night, which I'm going to give you a little backstory real quick, okay? okay? Well, let me tell you what you said first. Okay. You said the gospel has to do with everything we do. Mm-hmm. Did I quote you right? Yeah, I'm sure something One like that. One time I interviewed Jackie Hill Perry and mm-hmm. I quoted her from a message she just mm-hmm. gave and she said, that's not how I said it. <laughs> and then she told me exactly how she said it. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you talked yeah. about how the gospel has to do with everything we do. Mm-hmm. Everything we do. Let me give you a little backstory real quick. When I started the happy hour five years ago, mm-hmm. I wanted to create a show that women would love, women would be encouraged, women would be inspired. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to make a Christian show. Okay? Mm-hmm. Stay with me for a yeah, minute. I'm with you. I didn't want it to be under the faith category on mm-hmm. iTunes. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to call it a Christian show. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. Right. But I felt that sometimes Christian stuff is cheesy. Yep. So, man, I went round and round, mm-hmm. round and round. And at the end of the day, my husband, who, you know, he just drops some wisdom on mm-hmm. me all the time. And that makes me mad because mm-hmm. I'm like, uh. But mm-hmm. he said to me, this is throughout a lot of conversations of figuring out what the show was going to be like. But he said to me, he said, Jamie, when do we do anything that doesn't point people to the Lord? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I, I will, you know, mm-hmm. I will. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to. <laughs> And he said, I just think you need to think about, mm. do you want this to be a whole aspect of your life mm-hmm. that is not, like, I mean, I'm going to interview anybody. It's not faith-based at all. Yeah. I'm a Christian. Right. And so <laughs> when you said that last night, it brought back that story to me of the conversation mm-hmm. that Aaron and I have. And it's brought up so many things in my life where mm-hmm. I feel like, man, as Christ followers, and I'm not saying you have to work at a church or do ministry. Oh, right. You know right. that. And I know that. Right. But what I am saying is I think so many times as Christ followers, we can get into this kind of flippant attitude Mm -hmm. and sometimes think that we don't have to think about the gospel Mm -hmm. when we're doing our job, even if you're like an engineer or a golf pro or a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. And we also sometimes feel like the things that we're doing every day don't have anything to do with the gospel. Right. That's what you were getting at, wasn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that being gospel centric, being found in Christ is not a characteristic. It's an identity. 
So it changes everything. It changes everything. Characteristics yeah. is you're funny uh-huh. or you have brown hair or you have curly hair. Identity is the whole of who you are. It's it's you it can't you can't take it off. You can't take it off. And so your job doesn't have to be in ministry, but ministry has to be in every job. Every job. I don't care if you're an accountant, it can't not come out of you. Right? It can't not come out of you. If you're a female, if you're a male, if you're a son, if you're a daughter, if you're, there are some things that are so core to us. That they we can't not be those things, and, the and that ident- would be a Christ follower. And identity in Christ is even bigger than all that, you know. And when I look at when I read the letters from Paul, I, I always love how he introduces himself, and he's got a ton of credentials, which he told us a little he bit tells about us, uh-huh. in Philippians. But he's like, "Here's who I am. Yeah. I'm an apostle called by." And he's like, and he, they know who he is. He's not a stranger. These are people he knows. These churches, but every time he's like, "This is who I am," and. We we introduce ourselves as Dr. So-and-so, or this is my show, or this is my book, or this what's the letters behind my name? I'm married. I'm a mom of three. I'm saying that identity is everything. How many times do we say, I'm Jada. I'm a daughter of God, called by Christ, saved by grace. That's just, it just doesn't, it becomes something that's kind of peripheral. And it shows up in our lives. Yeah. It shows up in our lives. I think when I think about it sometimes, I mean, I'm just trying to think through like, why do we do this? I think there's some of it that people would be not embarrassed of the gospel by any means. I don't think that someone who's a Christ follower is going right. to say, oh, I think I'm embarrassed about it. Right. I don't think that's it. But I think sometimes people might worry, I need to be more culturally relevant. Right. Oh, the cultural relevance. Yeah. And so I don't need to like... <sighs> Let them know I'm a Christ follower. My worldview, like it's in my worldview in my head, but it doesn't need to come out yeah. what I do. Yeah. I don't want to be overbearing. Huh? Mm-hmm. I'm not asking if you relate to that. I'm asking, do you hear what they're saying? Or are you calling BS on that? I'll say both. I, I hear what they're saying every now and then. I do believe, and the Bible calls us to be wise and, and have seasoned speech and, and, you know, be discerning to the moment. So it's not about being a bulldozer. But I think a lot of it is an excuse to not have to risk being unaccepted. Mm. I don't have to risk being unaccepted if I stay neutral. And I'm saying we just don't really want to look like Jesus. We want the benefits of looking like Jesus, but not the work. The eternal benefits. Yeah. And we want Jesus to bless us. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we, yeah. I mean, Come he's on. my homie. Yeah. He's, he, look, he helped my business grow. Uh-huh. Helped my ministry grow. Look at what God's doing. He gave me my babies when I couldn't get pregnant. He uh-huh. brought me a husband. He gave me contentment in my singleness. He did this. He healed me. Look at Jesus. Wait, wait, wait. But Jesus <laughs> also was rejected in his own hometown. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't have a lot of followers. Mm-hmm. Not like we trying to get on Instagram. Right. You know, so he had some, but a lot of them just came for the fish and the five loaves and they were gone. They went on the sea in the storm. Okay, so it is like we don't want that part. And it's a scary, scary thing because I believe it puts the gospel, the representation of the gospel at risk when we prioritize our own acceptance and our own need to feel involved and relevant over the the very important truth and work of what it really means to represent the gospel. And I'm not saying we should be culturally irrelevant. You know, I'm For saying sure. no, we need to be, you yeah. can be culturally sensitive, right? But the culture doesn't drive what you do. It's an awareness because you're going to hit a wall where I don't care how sensitive you are, what you need to say and do, nobody's going to like it. Yeah. You're going to hit a wall. So it's awareness, but it's not the driver. 
And uh, I mean, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love our church. We have bands and lights and all that. That's that's kind of like, okay, culture. Okay, here's how people can engage differently with worship and things like that. But it shouldn't change what we're singing and, you're not, and how you're we're not singing. shying away from the hard truth. No, no. And that doesn't mean that sometimes we're just not doing it acoustic. And that doesn't mean that somebody's doing it acoustic is doing it wrong. Right. It's just like, okay, we'll try this. But we hold those things loosely. We yeah. hold those things very loosely. And if God is like, hey, turn off the lights, turn off the lyrics. I'm like, cool. That's what we're going to do. And so I struggle with that. I struggle with that because I think it's why spirituality is growing in our culture and not Christianity. Everybody likes spiritual stuff. Oh, I mean, I did yoga the other day. Yeah, we got life changers. She and, told me I could be my own God. Yeah, foolishness. I do yoga, but you know what? My my instructors are believers. Yeah. <laughs> I only go to one place. Yeah. And they are believers. Yeah. And I love yoga. So yeah. I know people are going to send me a message oh, yeah. about it. Oh, but, girl, I and I love Jesus. So I, and when I she says that, it, I'll, whatever. Yeah, you're like, bye. Yeah. Um, but I, I hear what you're saying. You know, everyone yeah. does want that they kind do. of connection even to something bigger than yes. themselves. Yes. And but here's without the thing. anything else. When we water it down, that really is actually hopeless, right? Because if you are a person and you're like, I know there's something bigger in this world. I want it. I want it. I want it. And I, as the Christian, have it. But I'm trying to water it down and package it so you feel comfortable with it. It does not meet you in your hopelessness. It can't quench that thirst. I, what I have to give you has to be uncomfortable, a little bit beyond what you can imagine, because otherwise it can't meet the need that you have. So then we're all just walking around with mediocrity. Yeah. Like a little bit of, Uh I just got through today. Yeah. So I got a promotion. I got a new hairdo. So we have little things that get us through the day, but it's not any real hope because the real hope has to point you to something that's risky. Yeah. And so we really end up disservicing people who need God because they need the scary, big, audacious thing. And we're like, I mean, he's cool. Yeah. He'll come I, be your what you just said is so good because I think sometimes even people be like, it's going to feel weird if I tell them that there's this thing that can forgive them and this person. And th- then we're like, do I believe? You know, so yeah. I feel like it's mm-hmm. a matter of people mm-hmm. going, am I really, is this really how, what's happening here? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I want to ask you this before we go. Okay. You just released a Bible study. I did. You co-wrote it I with did. two other ladies. I Give did. me the spill because I told you last night it came in my mailbox this week and Yay. caught my attention. I hope you like it. Tell me about it. <laughs> it's called Known by Name and I did it with... No one... Oh, say my name, ma'am. say my name. <laughs> ma'am. It's not that one. <laughs> It's not say my name. <laughs> oh, I love the happy hour. Okay. Oh, wow. Know okay. my name. Uh, it's called Known That's by a terrible name. song, too. I'm so sorry. It's horrible. You know what it's about? Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> say my name when no one is around. Yeah. Nobody well, is looking. Not, well, it's not. No, no, no. It's really not that filthy. It's about if you are with me, then don't try to uh, diminish it. It's really about a guy that she thinks might be cheating. I thought it was about, like, she's the cheating woman. No, no, no. Oh, she's okay. trying to be like, hey, claim me. You know, because when guys are like... Oh, they're trying when, to play the crowd. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, the person's on the phone going, I love you. And they're like, me too. Uh-huh. You're like, wait a minute, why are you, wait, <laughs> yeah. where are you? Uh-huh. So she's like, no, say my name. Okay. Say my name. So whoever is around you can know you. That's what she's trying to we say. We can bring this back to Jesus. We can bring it back because Jesus We need to say Jesus' name. name. That's yeah. right. And we need to be bold. That's right. Regardless of who's... <laughs> no matter who's with you, Jesus is like, say my name. Say my name. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. There know my we name. go. We're redeemed. It's been redeemed. Uh, so Know My Name is a study I did with Casey Van Norman. She's the other author, teacher. And then Nicole Johnson is the dramatist. The reason why I love this study is number one, because they're short. They're all like 20 minutes. And um, they all have a creative 
drama piece. Nicole has, oh my gosh, she's an amazing writer and actress. So she has these opening scenes in in a diner and outside thinking and using Twitter as Rahab and just cool, cool things that make it modern and they give you like a good dramatic piece that speaks to a lot of people, you know, um, and sets up the study. And then the studies alternate between Casey and I teaching, sometimes sharing, sometimes solo. It's three studies, one uh, on Rahab, one on Hagar, one on Naomi, and four studies on each lady. So 12 studies. Lots of, lots of work, but it was fun. It was fun. I love that. Which lady was your favorite? That is so crazy because I knew going in, Rahab's my girl, you know? She's a little bit a little bit spicy and didn't have perfect church girl background. I was like, I think I'm a dude. Have you heard Jen Wilkins' sermon on Rahab? Uh-uh, I need to hear it. It is G-O-O-D good. Is it? I texted her this week because I just did Rahab like a week or two ago mm-hmm. in my chronological reading. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, can you send me that sermon? I got to listen again. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Good. But then I kind of fell in love with all of them differently. Even Hagar, um, you know, she's the one who introduces us to Elroi, the God who sees. And so she was kind of the cast aside. Sarah was a mess. Hagar spoke to me because I think she represents people who deal with church hurt. You know, she mm-hmm. had leaders over her who were supposed to be loving God. And they were not always right. She had to process that. Naomi had to process stuff going from lots of loss to crazy blessing and provision, you know, through the lineage that Jesus provided her. So yeah, they all were great. But I, I probably still lean toward Rahab. She's just kind of, she's kind of bold too. Yeah. A negotiator. That was mm-hmm. my girl. I yeah. liked her. Yeah. I like her. Well, we'll put a link for it. I can't wait. I do a Bible study in my home. So I'm hoping that we can get to the oh, study this yes. year. And yeah. seriously, you need to tell me what, what the feedback is. Because okay. I want it to be something where people are like, I get that. Okay. I get that. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. Jada, I don't know if you're prepared for this or not, but I always ask my guests three things they're loving and what they're reading. Right now, am I reading any books? Oh, I just finished Circle Maker, Draw the Circle mm-hmm. again. We Our church did that and it's Does great. he have a, several of those? He does. Okay, All so there's the original. Books. Yeah, okay. but he's, then he drew circles around everything. Okay, yeah. Marriage, like mm-hmm. they're, and they're great. Okay. Uh, it was just an old school refresher on prayer. And that was really good for me. I am <laughs> reading a, a book called uh, Goliath Must Fall, Louis Giglio. That's good. Is that Louis Giglio? Uh, no. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 that yeah, is yeah. Him. yeah, yeah, yeah. About just kind of slaying the giants in our lives. And let me see, what else am I reading? That's probably the only two things I'm reading. I'm probably, I'm a real big article girl. So oh, I don't, really? it's not always books. Yeah, I'm a, I kind of stalk a lot of different, you know, the Tim Kellers and the, I'll listen, to, I'll read some of his stuff. I read Gospel Coalition stuff. I read, I just love articles. I can, and I'm, uh, my attention span works well <laughs> with articles. Yeah, yeah. I did just finish Everybody Always. Um, and what am I loving? I am loving being in kind of like a swirl of seasons right now and appreciating that. I think being in my early 40s and having young kids when all my friends my age, their kids are in high school and college, I had to wrestle with that because our stuff came in a different order. You know, God does things differently. Um, so we're in a weird season. I'm in a teenage, very almost kind of seasoned marriage, young parent, young church, but the church is growing. So I I spent a, a lot of time just kind of, I don't know, not ha- feeling like the, the story and the script wasn't looking like it was supposed to look. And I would say the past year and a half has been really good for me to be like, it's okay. I'm in like five different seasons and yeah. that's, that's okay. Yeah. So I'm in, I am loving that. I'm loving having a kindergartner and a two year old and a 18 year old marriage and a 10 year old church. And so. Do you study or know the Enneagram? 
No, but everybody keeps telling me. They were like, you're an eight. You're a this. You're a that. And I'm like, I don't know. People keep talking to me in numbers. Well, people aren't supposed to tell you what they think you are. So just I so know. you know. I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a guess, but I will not say it out <gasps> loud. Oh, no, 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 no. I won't. You're not going to do Lindsay won't eat. We know. We're not saying. Uh, it's not eight. I don't know what it is. I think y'all think it's eight, too. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I need to take it because everybody keeps talking to me like, I think you're this. I think, oh, you know what? So that's what led me. And now it comes off almost every show. But that's what led me to do it is people would always ask me, yeah. what is your number? And I'm like, I don't know what I don't number know. I am. I don't know. Yeah. Jada, I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of your teaching. Oh, and thanks. girl, you bring the word. Thank you, girl. And you made me laugh. <laughs> um, Jada, thanks for coming on the happy hour. Thank you for finally. Finally. A finally, year later. A year later. I am happy. I have been happy this hour. Well, so. it's a happy hour. <laughs> thanks, girl. It works. Okay, friends. First, I want you to picture yourself biting into a warm and chewy Thomas's English muffin covered in melted butter. Is your mouth watering yet? Okay, mine is. Now, I want you to imagine the endless possibilities of a warm and toasty Thomas's English muffin. So first of all, here's my question to you. Is it possible to make a butter hot tub? Yes, my friends, it is. It's called a Thomas English muffin and it's possible thanks to the nooks and crannies texture. Guys, Thomas's English muffins, wake up to what's possible. Okay, you guys, did you love Jada as much as I told you that you would? I adore this woman. Also, I'm so glad she could school me on what Destiny's Child song, Say My Name, actually means. I looked it up. It came out in 1999, which I just need to know how many other of you women started singing, say my name, say my... Okay, I did it again. I sang again, you guys. Anyhow, I love so much when we talked about how we sometimes minimize our own sin to maximize the sin in others. Golly, conviction right there. We talked about expectations, which is such a good conversation to have often in all of your relationships. Another favorite topic that we talked about was how the gospel influences everything in our lives. And that is something that I'm constantly wanting to think about. And all honestly, guys, have to remind myself of is that that is really important to me. And I want the gospel to influence everything I ever do in my life. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers, and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is Lindsay Ray. Lindsay is the author of the blog, I Hate Green Beans, and has been recapping The Bachelor since the beginning, you guys. She is in it to win it. She's releasing her second book, which is called It's a Love Story on April 30th. I had the privilege of reading this book early and I cannot recommend it enough. It's all about love, but not in a mushy, gross, that kind of way. It's in a way that we see love all around us in every different relationship that we might have. She's funny and y'all, she's a really cool job. She's gonna tell us all about it. I had no idea this is actually a real job, but it is because Lindsay does it. You guys enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend, and I will see you guys right back here with my friend, Lindsay, next week. <laughs>